We now begin Maseches Gitten. This is Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, one one. And as the Mishnah is wont to do, we jump off into the deep end of the Masechta here, um, discussing a specific Tekanas Chacham, a rabbinic enactment, which requires that a person who is acting as a shaliach, an agent, when he delivers a get to a woman, um, and there's a distance that separates the husband, let's say, where the get was written, and the wife who's receiving this get, that the shaliach, the agent, is to he's required to make the declaration that befanai nechtav u befanai nechtam. This he testifies that this get was written in front of me and signed in front of me, and indeed he's required to witness both the writing and the signing of the get. And the rationale that drives this rabbinic enactment according to Rava, which the halacha follows, is that we're concerned that if there's a distance that separates the woman from where it was signed, if at a later date the husband contests the validity of the star of the, of the get, and he claims that it's actually a forgery, so if, there's, if she's far away from where it was signed, so then she won't be able to find the witnesses who signed it to confirm that it was a kosher get, and therefore she'll be in trouble. And that being the case, the rabbis enacted um, this mechanism which would allow the people around her, her local residents of her town, to have members who could confirm that the get is legitimate because the shaliach, the agent who came, testified as such, and it was witnessed in front of two people who saw him, the agent, give it to her, the wife. That's what's driving um, this Mishnah. And the words of the Mishnah focus on the question of, well, how far is far? In other words, we're saying if it gets coming from afar, so then, and she won't have access to the people who signed it, so then she needs to, the, when the um, agent, the shaliach, is required to make this declaration. So the question is, from what distances, what boundaries have to be crossed to require this, to enact this, to make this required when the agent delivers the get? Now, some background. The background is like this. Midoraisa. From Torah law, if you have a get, it's signed by two people. So then the presumption is people haven't got the the chutzpah, the temerity to just write forged documents and get forged signatures. And um, people wouldn't want to, you know, lose their reputation and so on. And therefore, the assumption is, um, from a Torah perspective, that a signed contract with two kosher witnesses um, is to be enforced without further investigation. Nevertheless, the rabbis made an enactment that a person who is claiming that a contract, which is like to his detriment, is actually a forgery. So there's a burden, a requirement, on the one who's holding the contract to confirm its authenticity by getting the witnesses who have signed it um, to identify them, to confirm that these are legitimate signatures, to say people recognize the signatures as so-and-so, and it's a legitimate contract. That's a rabbinic enactment. Now, that applies for any kind of contract. So in other words, if a person finds an IOU um, and he wants to go back and claim it from the you know from his debtor, and the debtor claims it's a fraud, then the creditor holding the IOU will have to confirm the signatures. So the same should be true over here, that if a husband is claiming that the wife is holding a get, which is a forgery, and the two signatures on the get aren't real, and really he never divorced his wife, there should be a burden on her, rabbinically, to have to get these two signatures confirmed. 
The problem is that if the woman is living far from where the debt was, the get was signed, so then she will face the challenge of finding these people, getting access to the people who witnessed the writing signing of the signature of the get, and that being the case, she might end up being stuck as an aguna. Aguna means someone who's held back, literally, and this means this woman is held back from remarrying, um, and it could get even worse if she already has remarried and she has children and so on. So therefore, although midoraisa there's no need to confirm signatures. But Midurabanan, there is a requirement to um, confirm signatures that are contested. Therefore, in order to protect this woman from getting into trouble later on, we require that the shaliach who delivers the get attest that he saw it written and signed in front of the two witnesses that are in her locality, and therefore she'll have recourse to those people to confirm that we have a you know a train of tradition, so to speak, going back through that shaliach to confirm that the get is legitimate. Now, if you'll ask, wait a second, a chain of tradition is only as good as its weakest link, and here you have just one shaliach, a single person acting as the agent, and that's not two people. So how could one's person testimony be enough? And the answer is, um, it's true that normally one person would not be enough to establish the authenticity that is demanded of the rabbinic enactments regarding signatures. But because we don't want someone to be in Aguna, we were lenient and we said, listen, even one shaliach is sufficient um, to do that testimony, confirming that it was written and signed before him. Provided that he makes the declaration at the time, immediately at the time that he gives over the get to the woman. Okay, so that's that's the basic setup here um, and how even one single testimony from a single agent is enough to allow us to believe that the get is legitimate. Um, that being the case, you might ask, well, shouldn't it be sufficient that he just say, I saw this signed by kosher witnesses back home, which would, that would state that the, indeed, that the get is legitimate, and here he's delivering it. So why does he also need to say, I also saw it written, why is that a requirement? So the answer is that Rava Chazal were concerned that if he just said, I saw it signed, people would make the mistake of thinking in general you could substantiate and confirm signatures on a contract based on a testimony of a single person, which is not true. You need two people. It's just because of the Aguna situation, it's lenient by the get delivery. And that being the case, he says, to say this is unique to Gitten, to a get delivery, that he saw it written and delivered, excuse me, written and signed, and that way he will, um, people won't get confused that you could apply this single witness testimony in general. Okay, so that's the big picture here. Now, the Mishnah is going to grapple with how far is coming from, quote-unquote, afar. So the mission begins by saying, Hamevi get Medinas Hayam, if one is bringing the get from overseas, meaning a land outside of Eretz Yisrael, um, you know, far away from Eretz Yisrael, and he's bringing it to the wife who is, is in Eretz Yisrael, he is obliged to testify at the time he delivers the get over in front of the two witnesses that he saw it being written and signed in front of him. So the first sheet is, it's from far away. This is the second shita. This is Rabban Gamliel shita who says, listen, 
It doesn't have to be far away. It just has to be from across the border. So these two cities, Rechem and Heger, are two cities that are just over the, they're like on the, their border towns, on the eastern border of Eretz Yisrael. Tostos actually asks that they, it was part of the original conquest and it maybe was in Jewish hands or wasn't. To keep it simple here, let's just understand this is actually, they're actually just, just across the border, outside of Jewish territory. And the point is, even though they're very close, that's not close enough. They're, they're out of out of the country, and therefore you're crossing into Israel. It requires the Bafanenechtam declaration. These two cities, um, Rechem and Heger, the Bartonur brings, are really the Aramaic translations of the cities um, called Kadesh and Bared, which are mentioned there when Chagar had her nevuah at the Be'er L'chairoi. She had it between those two places there, and that's the Aramaic words for Kadesh and Bared are Rechem and Heger. Okay. A third shita, Rebeliezer Omer, Afilu Mikfar Ludim Lalud. Rebeliezer says, even if you're talking about these two cities, these were like sister cities, Kfar Ludim and Lud. Kfar Ludim was actually not a Jewish city, and Lud was a Jewish city. Um, but they basically, you know, are, are the urban area is contiguous, and the traffic that flows from Ludim to Lud, far Ludim, I should say, Lud and back and forth, um, is frequent, and therefore, surely there's no reason to think that a, a, if the husband wrote his get in Kfar Ludim and the woman sitting in Lud, she wouldn't be able to get access to the witnesses. Um, nevertheless, according to Vishit Rebeliezer, the Cham just, you know, you know, it's a legal system. There are rules. The rule is, if it's outside the borders of Eretz Israel, it needs to have and a, a single shaliach delivering it, he needs to make this declaration. And that's true regardless of, you know, I'll call it, quote-unquote, the spirit of the law, which is she won't have access to the Adim, because of course here she would, but that doesn't matter. The letter of the law is what matters. It's outside the country of Eretzrael, and the Chum don't play games like that. The Chum Omrim, the Chum are coming to say, now they're really they are actually supporting the sheet of the Tanakhama, that it's from far away, Medina Sayyam. They just say, Enot Sarch Shomer Bafanaynechtam, El Hamevi Medina Sayyam, Vahamolech. They just point out that it's not just bringing the get into Eretz Yisrael from far away that requires the declaration, but also bringing a get from Eretz Yisrael, where the husband is, to the woman who's moved far away, also has the same requirement. And they are just amplifying the sheets of the Tanakhama, they're not arguing with it. Furthermore, Vahamevi Memedina la Medina, Memedina Sayam, Tzarech Shiomer Bufanenechtam. The same applies if you're taking a get from one province to a different province outside of Eretz Yisrael, you know, from Germany to France or something. Again, when the shaliach delivers it, he must make the declaration of because just as one who's in Timbuktu hasn't got access to the Edom back in Eretz Yisrael, so to someone who's sitting in Berlin hasn't got access to the Edom who are back in Paris, etc. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Afilu me hegmonia le hegmonia. Shimon Gamliel, it doesn't matter that the husband and wife are in two different medinot, two different principalities or, or provinces, even if they're in a single city. But the city is under the hegemony, and that hegemony in English is the same, has the same Greek root as this word in Hebrew here, hegemonia, where there are two different authorities. And the authorities that are ruling the city um, are strict about enforcing the border, and therefore traffic can't pass from one side of the city to the other side of the city. You know, you can think like East and West Berlin. So even if they're in the exact same city, 
it doesn't matter. Since it's going to be difficult to access the Adim that signed on the get, when the Shleich delivers it, he has to make the declaration so that the woman has easy access to um, confirm her get later on if it comes to that. Now, already the Ramah speaks out that nowadays no one has time to go searching around looking for the original Adim and try to confirm it and so on. And therefore, um, regardless of the distance being traveled and the distance between the husband and wife, etc. If a shliach is coming to deliver a get, he must declare at the time he gives the get, and without that, the get is not um, valid at all. Rather, there's an obligation that when the shliach delivers it, he must say immediately upon the handing over of this get to the wife in front of the two witnesses, it was written and signed in front of me.